1: From the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, August eleventh, 2022. Coming up this hour,
2: U.S. futures look to add to yesterday's rally.
1: Softening inflation is in swaying Fed officials when it comes to policy.
2: Gas prices continue to fall, dipping below $4 a gallon.
1: And Disney shares surge as it beats profit estimates and it announces a price hike for streaming.
2: New York Mayor Adams
3: and Texas Governor Abbott continue to spar over busloads of migrants to the city.
4: Plus, former President Trump. Trump leads the fifth. And I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, in Sports. Another win for the Red Hot Mets. The Yankees lost in Seattle. The Giants have their preseason opener tonight at New England. That's all straight
5: ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App.
2: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. Stock Index futures are on the rise this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up nine points this morning. Dow futures up 104, and NASDAQ futures are up 19, and the 10-year Treasury up one thirty second yield 2.77%. The yield on the two-year, 3.17%. Nathan.
2: All right, Karen, thanks. This rise in futures this morning is building on yesterday's powerful rally. The S&P 500 closed at a three-month high, while the NASDAQ 100 is now up more than 20% from its June bottom, all fueled by softer-than-expected inflation data. Alan Lanz, director of research at Lanz Global, is skeptical.
6: All of a sudden now, one CPI report, and, and now you know, inflation is, is calm and taken care of, etc. So for some reason, investors... You know, meme stocks are back, and and uh, you know it's, it's just the it's just a total exaggeration.
2: Alan Land says he still remains cautious. He was a guest on Bloomberg Business Week, heard weekday afternoons on Bloomberg Radio, and streaming live on YouTube.
1: Well, Nathan, the Wall Street rally has now spilled overseas. Stocks in Hong Kong and China surged more than 2% overnight. And we get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan. And Karen, tech shares spurred gains in the regional index, excluding Japan, which was closed for a holiday. China's bourses advanced, even as investors digested a warning from the PBOC about inflation threats and a pledge to avoid massive stimulus. South Korea's won gained as much as 1% against the dollar as the nation's trade deficit widened, the Singapore dollar retreated as the Ministry of Trade and Industry lowered its 2022 growth forecast following a contraction in the economy in the second quarter. In Singapore, Juliette Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Juliette. Thanks. Well, softening inflation data may be exciting markets, but it's not changing minds at the Fed. Let's get that story live from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Nathan, Minneapolis Fed
7: President Neil Kashkari wants the benchmark interest rate at 3.9% by the end of this year and 4.4% by the end of 2023.
6: The idea that we are going to start cutting rates early next year when inflation is very likely going to be well, well, well in excess of our target, I just think it's not realistic.
7: Kashkari's counterpart, Charles Evans of Chicago, welcomed the lower CPI print but says the inflation remains unacceptably high. He wants to continue raising rates into next
4: year. I think it'll be three and three quarters to four percent. So sort of a four percent top funds rate at the end of next year is what I'm thinking about.
7: Mary Daly also adding to that call. The San Francisco Fed president tells the Financial Times it's far too early to declare victory over inflation. She's not ruling out a third consecutive 75 basis point increase in September. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, John, thanks. Well, that sentiment from Fed officials is being echoed by the U.S. Commerce Secretary. Gina Raimondo spoke with the Bloomberg's David Weston. It is good news, although I do think we have to be cautious. Uh, A a big reason for the good news, gas prices are leveling off, and uh, that's certainly helpful to consumers. But as you point out, um, there are other issues like in housing that we have to still keep our eye on the ball. Uh, As we've said all along, there's no silver bullet here. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo mentioned falling gasoline prices, and we have more news on that front this morning. AAA is reporting that the average price of gas in the U.S. has now fallen below $4 a gallon.
2: And we'll get another read on U.S. inflation this morning, Karen. Economists predict July's producer price index rose 10.4% on a year-over-year basis. That's less than June's historic 11% increase. Bloomberg's Vinny Del Giudice has more.
6: Gasoline prices could be the theme of today's report. Falling gasoline prices. They've been sloshing around for two months and accounted for almost all of June's increase in U.S. wholesale prices. Outside of fuel, Bloomberg Economics says costs remain elevated, though the peak is probably behind us. We saw a similar pattern in Wednesday's data on July consumer prices, but there's a long way to go. Vinnie Dell, Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Vinnie, thank you. Well, back now to the equity market. Shares of Disney are up almost 7.5% in early trading. The media giant's third quarter. Order results beat estimates for sales, profit, and subscriber growth. It's also raising the price of its flagship Disney Plus streaming service by 38%. We get more from Bloomberg's Lucas Shaw. The
2: thing that, that really Disney announced today is not only stronger growth than anybody expected in streaming, which kind of bucks the trend we saw everywhere else, whether it was Netflix, HBO Max, Paramount, uh, Peacock, but, but perhaps most importantly that it's raising prices across the board for all of its services, and it feels like it's now, you know, established itself enough with the customers that it's able to do that.
1: And Bloomberg's Lucas Shaw says Disney will introduce an ad-supported version of its flagship streaming service and raise the price of the ad-free option to $11 a month.
2: Well, it's not just Disney on the move this morning. Shares of Sonos are down 20% in early trading. Let's get the details on that live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita.
8: Good morning, Nathan. Audio products maker Sonos cut its annual revenue view. Company executives are citing a more challenging macroeconomic backdrop against an appreciating dollar and high inflation. And that's all pressuring consumer sentiment. As a result, the company extended its timeline to achieve its previously issued targets – to beyond fiscal year 2024. Sonos also says CFO Brittany Bagley is stepping down to pursue another opportunity and names Eddie Lazarus interim CFO. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Hi, Renita, thanks. Well, shares of Bumble are also falling this morning. They're down more than 7%, and that's after the online dating company trimmed its revenue forecast for the year. Futures this morning on the rise. S&P futures up nine points. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg.
2: All right, Karen, thank you. It is 507 on Wall Street. We're at 76 degrees in Central Park. And dealing with an accident, southbound New York State Thruway exit 12. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr. With more on what's going on in New York and around the world, including the ongoing spat between the mayor and the Texas governor, Michael.
3: Yes, you are correct, Nathan. Another busload of migrants have been shipped to New York City by Texas Governor Greg Abbott as a political message to the Biden administration and the city's leaders. Other busloads to so-called sanctuary cities have been sent to Washington, It is fueling a political battle between the Republican governor and the Democratic mayors in the cities. Yesterday, nearly 100 migrants arrived in New York City from Texas. New York Mayor Eric Adams says he might send a busload of New Yorkers to Texas to help Democratic gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke oust Abbott from office. Abbott responded on Fox.
6: Go ahead, Mayor. Make my day.
3: However, the mayor shot back on CBS 2. I know he thinks he's uh, Clint Eastwood, but he's not. He is a
4: anti-American governor.
3: Mayor Adams says there's nothing successful about treating people with this lack of dignity. Donald Trump says he invoked the Fifth Amendment and wouldn't answer questions under oath in the long running New York civil investigation into his business dealings. Trump was at New York Attorney General Letitia James's office yesterday. He sent out a statement saying he declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. An Iranian official is at large, wanted for the plot to allegedly assassinate former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Bolton says Iran can cannot be trusted, especially when it comes to
6: the nuclear arms deal.
2: I think it's a totally untrustworthy government. I think there is
6: no possibility they will comply with commitments that they make. They are enemies
2: of America. They hate us as the great Satan, as they hate... Israel is the little Satan.
3: The Department of Justice says 45-year-old Iranian operative Sharam Porsafi offered $300,000 to assassinate former National Security Advisor Bolton in retaliation for the killing of a top Iranian general in 2020. Kim Jong-un's sister revealed that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un suffered from a high fever and was seriously ill during a recent COVID outbreak. She vowed to eradicate South Korean authorities if they continue to tolerate propaganda leaflets. The regime blames for spreading the virus. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is
2: Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Coming up to five ten on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stash.
4: Right, good morning, Nathan. Mets still on fire. Another easy win. They led the Reds 6-0 in the third inning. They won 10-2. They've won six in a row. And in the last five, they've only allowed a total of nine runs. They've won 15 of their last 17. All but two of those 15 wins have been by three runs or more. The schedule does get tougher. Phillies come into City Field tomorrow. The Phillies rallied to win last night. They've won seven in a row, 12 of 13. Mets then go to Atlanta for four games. The Braves won in. Boston. Still trail the Mets by seven after that series. The Mets go to Philly for four. The Yankees off tonight and then in Boston, they'll try to salvage something out of this road trip that's been so far a disaster. Swept in St. Louis and in Seattle, they went 19 innings without a run. Came alive in the seventh. Home runs by Kyle Higashioka and Aaron Judge hit number 45. But Seattle came right back. Bottom of the seventh.
5: That ball is going back! him up! Go-
4: breaks it 0 for 17 with home run number 11 and the Mariners man are they chopping it up here at T-Mobile Park. Iro the call, the homer came off Alberto Breos, 4-3 the final the Yanks are 10-18 and 18 their last 28 games in Dyersville, Iowa tonight Field of Dreams game, the one the Yankees played in last year tonight. It's the Cubs and Reds. Also tonight, the Giants preseason opener at New England with a new coaching staff and only three preseason games now. New coach Brian Dayball wants to play his starters. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley expected to play in the early going. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. S&P futures right now up seven points. Dow
2: futures up 96. NASDAQ futures are higher by 11 points. Ten-year treasuries up 132nd. The yield 2.77%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather chance for a shower this morning otherwise becoming partly sunny with highs near 85 degrees low 80s mostly sunny tomorrow sunshine high near 80 on Saturday right now 76 in Central Park.
5: Markets, headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg business app and at bloomberg quick take. This is a Bloomberg business flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow, and stocks are trimming a rally spurred by softer than expected U.S. inflation data as investors digest comments from Federal Reserve officials who remain resolute on the need for further interest rate hikes. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg. And right now, SP futures, they're up nine points. Dow futures up 97, and NASDAQ futures up 21. The DAX in Germany is down about two tenths of a percent. Ten year Treasury up 132nd, yield 2.76%. Yield on the two year, 3.17%. Nymex crude oil is up about nine tenths percent, of 82 cents, at $92.74 a barrel. Comex gold is down half percent, or $8.80 at 18.04.90 an ounce. The euro, 1.03. Eight against the dollar. British pound 1.2220. The yen is at 132.64. And look at it, Bitcoin. It's up 2.5% at $24,500. And today we are watching for the weekly report on initial jobless claims at 8.30 Wall Street time along with the producer price index. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning.
3: Good morning, Karen. Former President Trump appeared before New York's Attorney General for a sworn deposition as part of a civil investigation into his family real estate business, Trump cited the fifth, declining to answer any questions. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un declared victory over COVID-19 at a national meeting. His sister, in an especially combative speech said Kim had suffered a fever himself and laid dubious blame against South Korea, vowing deadly retaliation. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the Mariners 4-3. The Mets beat the Reds 10-2. The Red Sox, Nationals, A's, and Giants all lost. Global news, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is
2: Bloomberg. Nathan. Hi, right, Michael. Thank you. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get right into this market this morning. We're joined now by Esti Dweck, Chief Investment Officer at FlowBank. Esti, it's great to speak with you this morning. I'd love to get your take on the rally off the back of yesterday's Cooling consumer price print.
9: Sure. Good morning. You know, I think we'd had upside surprises for the last few months, and then we had that big upside surprise in the non-farm payrolls. So to finally get an indicator that this inflation is on its way, we've had a number of other smaller indicators with the ISM uh, prices paid, and then the price index and the PMIs. So we're starting to get those signals, but we needed one sort of official data point to come in lower and to come in lower than expectations, both on the headline and on core. So it is something of a relief for markets, even if the Fed is still saying that they're going to keep hiking. I don't think the market's saying we're at the end. I think they're saying we might not need 75 basis points at the next few meetings, and we're going to give it a little time to see we have 6 weeks till the next fed meeting we're going to start to see some of those first hikes filter through into the economy as well
2: well what do you think is going to be needed as you mentioned a lot of fed speakers are saying they're not done yet it sounds like even some of the uh, what people used to be doves like neil kashkari are still keeping 75 basis points on the table in the next meeting
9: i think they don't want to you know say they're they've they've got that inflation is beaten too soon. And they certainly don't want inflation expectations to become unanchored again or to start lifting because the Fed is lifting its foot off the pedal. So they're going to keep talking hawkish. Um, we Um Again, we have six weeks till the next Fed meeting. It feels more pro- like we should get 50 basis points. And that'll depend on the non-farm payrolls and the next inflation number. And then maybe a couple more 25 basis points. But I'm not sure we're going to get those outside uh, rate hikes anymore.
2: Uh, in terms of the rally that we saw yesterday do you see this as the start of a new bull market or is it just a bear market bounce
9: it's always difficult to judge that it does feel like we've we've passed some of those resistance levels and that June should prove to be the lows now i don't think yesterday is going to be the the you know the start of the next straight line up we're probably going to have some kind of headline that scares us a little more. Uh Jackson Hole I think will prove to be something of a non-event but I don't think we get any change of tone from the Fed then. So we we'll have to wait a little more for those those headlines, make sure we don't get another a few more big scares from some of those uh, those chip companies or from the retailers that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I think bumpy ride but it's starting to feel uh, more like the June was the bottom.
2: How bumpy do you think? I mean, it seems like we've seen some pretty strong moves one way or the other, depending on what kind of headlines we get from the data.
9: We're definitely getting big, knee-jerk reactions. And let's not forget that we're in August, so volumes are always lower. Uh, we're getting sort of fewer data points, uh For for now, at least, especially because the bulk of the earnings season is behind us. Um, It can move, you know, a couple of percentage points in either direction on a given day. We had a big bounce in July, so a little bit of consolidation now makes sense. But I think as we move into September and the end of the year, the direction should be upward.
2: Just to keep it on the uh, idea of a medium-term outlook here in our last minute, SD. if the Fed does stay aggressive and uh, keeps with the talk that they've been putting out there, what is the market impact? Can uh, stocks continue to power through on earnings?
9: that's going to be a big question and it'll depend how much or how aggressive the fed wants to continue to be we we've seen a peak at around 3.6 3.7% of a terminal rate expectations from the market so if we go back towards that uh from where we are today i don't think it's that big of a move um so I think markets can weather it, but would you have short-term corrections or would you have a little more of those growth fears coming back because we're really gone between inflation and growth fears back and forth? I think that can last a little bit longer.
2: Really great to get your thoughts, Esty. Thanks again for being with us. Esty Dweck, Chief Investment Officer at Flow Bank. Right now, after yesterday's rally, S&P futures are pointing a little bit higher, up eight points. Dow futures up 95. Nasdaq futures, uh, pairing some of their gains, they're up 20 points. Uh, the tech heavy Nasdaq had, uh, led the rally, uh, that we saw yesterday off the back of July CPI. 10 year treasury right now is up 132nd. The yield 2.76%. Yield on the two year, 3.17%. Nymex crude is higher, up, up nine cents percent, up seventy nine cents, ninety two dollars seventy two cents a barrel, and Comex gold down a half percent, down eight dollars fifty cents at eighteen oh five twenty an ounce. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg eleven three oh weather. We could see a shower this morning. Otherwise, partly sunny, mid eighties for highs, low eighties to end the week tomorrow. Sunshine eighty for Saturday. It's 530 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. U.S. futures adding to yesterday's rally. A 2% surge in the S&P 500 was fueled by softer than expected inflation data. Anastasia Moroso, chief investment strategist at iCapital, says it might be time to add equity exposure. The time to do this was not in February in retrospect when we still had 300 basis points or more of rate hikes to go. But if we have 75 or 100, that should not pressure the multiples as much anymore. So I would be selectively looking to add to some of the thematic stocks, to high growth stocks that have not worked in the last six months. My Capital's Anastasia Amoroso says positioning will be important for buyers in current market conditions. Well,
2: softening inflation data may excite markets, Karen, but it's not changing minds at the Fed. Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us live with that story. John?
7: Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari says the idea the Fed's going to start cutting rates early next year is unrealistic.
2: I think much
6: more likely scenario is we will raise rates to some point, and then we will sit there until we get convinced that inflation is well on its way back down to 2%.
7: At a separate event, Chicago Fed President Charles Evans said inflation remains unacceptably high. He expects the central bank to be increasing rates into next year. And San Francisco President Mary Daly didn't rule out a third consecutive 75-basis point increase in September. Daly, by the way, is going to be on Bloomberg Radio and TV tonight at 7.30 Eastern. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, John, thank you. Well, we get more inflation data today with the producer price index due out at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. We're also seeing pressure ease at the pump. AAA reports the average price of gas in the U.S. has fallen below $4 a gallon.
2: To corporate news now, Karen, shares of Disney are up after it beat third quarter estimates and announced it's introducing an ad-supported version of its flagship streaming service, Disney+. There will also be a price increase if you don't want ads. Disney shares up almost 7.5%.
1: All shares of Sonos also moving this morning. Nathan, down more than 20%. On Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with that story. Renita, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Audio
8: product maker Sonos cut its annual revenue view. Company executives are citing a more challenging macroeconomic backdrop. And as a result, the company extended its timeline to achieve its previously issued targets to beyond fiscal year 2024. Sonos is also undergoing a leadership change with its CFO stepping down to pursue another opportunity. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: Hi, Renita, thank you. And your latest local headlines plus a check of sports all straight ahead. This is Bloomberg.
2: Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 75 degrees. Still dealing with the accidents southbound New York State Thruway exit 12. Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael.
3: Nathan, thank you very much. The spat continues between New York Mayor Eric Adams and Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Yesterday, another busload of migrants arrived in New York City from Texas. Abbott says it's a message to the Biden administration and the city's leaders about stopping the flow of migrants at the border. Mayor Adams responded. There's nothing successful about treating people with this lack of dignity. Along with Mayor Adams City, Abbott is also sending migrants to Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser.
8: We have a growing humanitarian crisis that we expect that the federal government expects is going to only worsen
3: washington dc mayor muriel bowser more than 165 buses have left texas since april donald trump says he invoked the fifth amendment and would not answer questions under oath in the long-running new york civil investigation into his business dealings trump was at new york attorney general Letitia james's office he sent out a statement saying he declined to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the U.S. Constitution. FBI Director Christopher Ray says he could not talk about FBI agents searching Mar-a-Lago, the home of former President Trump. Wray did say that he is concerned about the threats to law enforcement that have been voiced since then.
10: Any threats made against law enforcement, including the men and women of the FBI, uh, as with any law enforcement agency, are, are deplorable and dangerous.
3: FBI Director Christopher Wray spoke from his field office in Omaha, Nebraska. The Justice Department has charged a member of Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps with planning to assassinate John Bolton, Donald Trump's former national security advisor. The alleged plot against Bolton was likely revenge for the killing of a top Iranian general when Trump was president. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg. Quick take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is
2: Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks.
4: 535 on Wall Street. John Stashour has a Bloomberg Sports Update. Alright Nathan, Mets made it 6 in a row. 15 of the last 17 beat the Reds easily 10 to 2. Francisco Lindor had another big day. He's already tied Jose Reyes' record for most RBIs in a season by a Mets shortstop. Mets move 34 games over 500. The Dodgers, the only MLB team with a better record. After a day off, the Mets will now take on the Phillies with the one-two punch. Max Scherzer starts tomorrow. Jacob DeGrom Saturday. Yankees sleeping in Seattle. 19 straight innings without a run. Finally in the seventh. Home runs by Kyle Higashioka and Aaron Judge at his 45th. But Carlos Santana homered off Albert Abreu, bottom of the seventh. The Mariners won 4-3. Yanks wasting a good outing by Nestor Cortez. He had a no-hitter going in the sixth inning. The Yanks just 1-5 on this road trip. That now takes them to Boston starting tomorrow. The Giants tonight hit New England. The preseason opener, new coach Brian Dayball asked about using his starters, at least in the early going. Some guys have played a lot of football. Some have played less uh, everybody's in new systems here with with our system on offense our system on defense the kicking game is similar but I think that's important for, you know, to play football and to have live reps. They've all a one-time New England assistant. The Jets have their preseason opener tomorrow night in Philadelphia and also tomorrow Cleveland at Jacksonville. And Deshaun Watson expected to play for the Browns, his new team, even though he'll be suspended for the start of the regular season. Tennis in Toronto. Serena Williams lost. She's going to play the tournament in Cincinnati and then come to New York for apparently her swan song at the U.S. Open. John Stash, Allen, Bloomberg Sports.
2: Wow, all right, thank you, John. It's up almost 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. In New York City, the
10: MTA is one step closer to rolling out a congestion pricing plan. It would charge some motorists as much as 23 bucks to enter Manhattan's Central Business District. The tolling scenarios for a plan, a first for a U.S. city, were outlined in an environmental assessment report released Wednesday. Gasoline inventories in the Central Atlantic, which includes New York Harbor, home to NYMEX Physical Deliveries, have fallen to their lowest absolute level since November 2012. Aside from that year, Central Atlantic stockpiles are at their lowest seasonal level ever since record-keeping began in 1993. A popular New York City-based ice cream chain is coming to D.C. Van Leeuwen Ice Cream says it plans at least two locations there a little more than two and a half years after the Brooklyn-based business retained advisors to begin a national expansion.
2: That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. It's almost 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world.
4: I'm Steve POTUS, and on 1010 Winds in New York, we're talking about another record high for average Manhattan apartment rent.
8: I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. The price of the pump nationally is now below 4 bucks a gallon. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WCCO in Minneapolis, I'm reporting that Cargill said annual revenues surged 23% to a record $165 billion in its latest fiscal year. I'm Lise Mateo, and I'm WBZ in Boston. I'll be reporting on why your Disney Plus subscription is about to get
6: more expensive. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been speaking to the UK biggest water supplier about how it plans to cope as the country heads into another heat wave
10: i'm ed corey on wwj in detroit i'm reporting
2: a michigan distillery is closing its third northern michigan location in the past year and those are some of the stories our 2700 bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world it's 539 on wall Street. The following is an editorial
11: from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. More than 800,000 Americans suffer from end-stage renal disease. Without dialysis or a kidney transplant, the condition... Is fatal, but paying for treatment costs the government more than $50 billion a year, in large part due to policy decisions and concentration in the dialysis industry. A recent Supreme Court decision risks driving the price even higher. Congress should take steps to control costs, support innovation, and promote competition among dialysis providers. Expanding efforts to improve the supply of kidneys donated for transplant would be valuable as well. The wide availability of dialysis has provided life-saving treatments to countless Americans, but at considerable public expense. Making the industry more competitive would benefit patients and taxpayers alike. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or op. Go on the Bloomberg Terminal.
2: This has been Bloomberg Opinion. You can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Futures moving higher this Thursday morning. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, partly sunny, but uh, can't roll out a shower this morning. We'll get up to near 85 degrees. Sunshine, low 80s tomorrow. Sunny near 80 on Saturday. Right now, 75 in Central Park.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. Stock Index futures on the rise this morning after the S&P 500 hit a three-month high. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 15 points. Dow futures up 137. NASDAQ futures up 46. And the DAX in Germany is little changed. 10-year Treasury up 2.30 seconds, yield 2.76%. Yield on the two-year, 3.17%. NYMEX crude oil up 1.1% of 98 cents at $92.89 a barrel. Comex gold on half percent or nine dollars twenty cents at eighteen oh four fifty an ounce. The euro one point oh three three five against the dollar. British pound one point two 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 zero. The yen one thirty two point six one. And Bitcoin this morning up two and a half percent at twenty four thousand five hundred twenty five dollars. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael
3: Karen, thank you very much. Kim Jong-un's sister revealed that the North Korean leader suffered from a high fever during a recent COVID outbreak. She vowed to eradicate South Korean authorities if they continue to drop propaganda leaflets. The regime blames for spreading the virus. A Ukrainian official says the attack on a Russian airbase in occupied Crimea was the work of Ukrainian special forces. The Washington Post reports the Ukrainian Air Force said that nine Russian military planes were destroyed at the base. In baseball, the Yankees lost to the Mariners 4-3. The Mets beat the Reds 10-2. The Red Sox, Nationals, A's, and Giants all lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg. Quick take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than
2: 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. We're close to 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we continue to watch shares of Walt Disney in the pre-market. They are up nearly 8%, adding to yesterday's uh, post-market gains uh, following better-than-expected sales profit and subscriber growth for the Disney streaming lineup. And now the uh, entertainment giant's coming out with a plan to charge those subscribers even more at the end of the year. Let's get more on these Disney earnings. Ken Leone is with us this morning, Director of Equity Research at CFRA. Ken, good morning. So I guess the plan is uh, if you want to pay what you are paying now, you're going to have to deal with ads. Is is that just the way now in streaming?
12: Well, it is. Uh, but, you know, Disney offers something for everyone, but they raise prices for the ad-free Disney Plus 38% and also for the Precious Live Sports ESPN Plus, they raise that as well. So I think uh, Disney and its competitors are just getting their footing in terms of what do they want to offer, how much can they charge, and what we really didn't see is how much monthly churn there is in this uh, new part of media called streaming. No,
2: one thing that was interesting to me though is that uh, Disney says that it has uh basically a, a little bit more subscribers than Netflix, but it didn't really parse out whether those subscribers are all Disney Plus or whether some people might be getting more than one service. How
12: do you read that? Um, so Disney it's very diverse and about forty percent of the subscribers pay going forward only a dollar twenty a month, and that's uh Disney Plus Hotstar star in India. So not every subscriber is the same uh, for their Disney Plus, for North America, and also for the rest of the world. They still expect growth, but they ratcheted down their target uh, to 215 to $230 million by 2024. I'm not sure investors care about the total subscriber count as to whether you can make money and keep this as a stable business with recurring revenue. And that's a narrative probably as we go into 2023.
2: What do investors care about, do you think? Does this sort of change the subscriber growth story after some of the lackluster growth numbers that we've seen over the last couple of quarters from Netflix?
12: I think it is. And and coming out of the earnings season for media companies, we found that if you're also on the creation side of, of programming, and producing movies, you're going to put them in the theaters first and then put them in the premium um, higher plans, the ad-free streaming plans first, unlike Netflix. It's just good business because uh, the duration of getting more bang for your buck is there. And I think that's a lesson learned. And streaming, you know, it's, still something that's evolving, but the traditional linear networks, broadcast and pay TV, are still paying the rent for these companies. Um, and for Disney, of course, not that we should ignore it, the parks was a blowout quarter, uh, but it's likely that recession in 2023 uh, could put a damper on parks' attendance.
2: As you say, it does seem like Disney does have that sort of diversified base that it can build from, unlike some of the other, you know, mainly streaming players here. But on our last minute here, do you think Disney's making a play to be the, the streaming leader now? I mean, as you mentioned, it's got quite the content library.
12: It's not a total substitution from the other distributions that they have, and I'm not sure it's something you want to shout the most that you're a streaming leader simply because it's going to be a, a very high churn business and one that everyone is still trying to figure out. Disney is Disney because of its blockbuster movies, um, its ESPN Sports, and also its networks like ABC. You know, So it's a leader because it has just a great portfolio of media assets.
2: Thanks, Ken. Good having you on with us this morning. Ken Leon, Director of Equity Research at CFRA. Karen.
1: Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger.
4: Sources say the Federal Trade Commission is set to take its first step toward consumer data protection rules that would govern businesses like Alphabet and Meta Platforms. Oprah Winfrey's company is suing two college professors over the title of a podcast. The professors say they're fans of Winfrey and they call their podcast Oprah Demix. Hooters of America has hired Elisa Pittman-Cleek, a labor and entertainment lawyer, as its new chief legal officer. Bloomberg Law,
5: everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com.
1: All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching. Former President Donald Trump is now suggesting the FBI planted evidence when agents searched his Mar-a-Lago home, while other Republicans are demanding a full accounting from the Justice Department about why the search warrant was carried out. Not much is known about what evidence was gathered in the unprecedented search, which was part of an investigation into whether Trump improperly took documents from the White House. But the critical question appears to be whether classified documents were seized. For more, Bloomberg's June Grosso speaks to national security law expert Brad Moss, a partner at Mark Zaid. Brad, tell us a little about the Presidential Records Act.
6: The Presidential Records Act, which was created in the aftermath of Watergate, provides the outline, the mechanism by which presidential records, everything created during the course of any president's tenure, are documented, logged, stored, and ultimately released to the public over a course of time. But it's the property of the National Archives. What the Presidential Records Act made clear, and this was a fight that Congress had with Richard Nixon during Watergate, was that a president's records are not his. They are the public's record.
1: So, Rhett, earlier this year, the National Archives retrieved 15 boxes of documents from Mar-a-Lago, and it was reported that they contained classified documents. So how serious is it if the FBI finds more classified documents in this latest search?
6: Very serious. And so here's how this works, because a lot of people get confused, because when Donald Trump was president, there was a lot of things he could do with classified information he can't do as a private citizen. The moment... Joe Biden took the oath of office and became the next president. Donald Trump's authority to classify or declassify information was gone. Any document that was still labeled as classified and had not been properly declassified in accordance with procedure and protocol had to still be treated as classified, had to still be maintained in classified spaces, secured in classified containers. When Donald Trump took all these boxes to Mar-a-Lago haphazardly, didn't ensure that classified information was removed from them, he took classified documents out of a secure space at the White House and put it in an unsecure space at Mar-a-Lago. And it sat there for months. That is a violation of multiple different provisions of the Espionage Act. That is a very serious threat to Donald Trump right now. And what the FBI is most likely looking into is, one, if there's any information left, and two, how it was held and how it was ever brought to Mar-a-Lago in the first
1: place. So then this is not just a record-keeping problem, it's criminal charges?
6: Yes, and I, I have no reason to believe necessarily that there will be a Presidential Records Act type criminal charge, even if they could find a way to make that, because that statute doesn't necessarily have a criminal provision. I would not imagine a criminal charge based off simply the issue of documents. If all the documents had been unclassified, there'd be no criminal issues in my view. This is a problem for Donald Trump because they found classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. He was no longer authorized to have them there. They had not been properly transported or stored. That is his problem.
1: And that's Brad uh, Moss, a partner at Mark Zaid, speaking with Bloomberg student Grosso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at B-Law Go. S&P futures moving higher up 14 points. Dow futures up 132 and NASDAQ futures up 39. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your
0: day. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state,